0: Hosting for this podcast is generously provided by Transistor at Transistor.fm.
1: You are listening to Storygram Podcast Network.
0: Welcome to One Media, One Media, where you take two pieces of media and we kind of talk about it in a way. With me, I have Santos, and I am Takeshi, and today we're going to talk about Your Name. This movie actually did Gangbusters, which I was really surprised about, and this was an Elaine Santos find, not me, and <laughs> she still can't remember how she found it. I don't. Which is really unfortunate.
1: It's weird. Yeah. It's not that long ago.
0: <laughs> yeah, all of a sudden- I kept on getting these messages from Elaine for about a month or so that I have to find this and watch this movie. Okay, so it was my first anime I watched on Amazon. And for some strange reason, I could not find it. And Elaine actually had to copy and paste the link to me. I don't remember if you remember that.
1: I do remember (laughs) that part. I remember because Amazon Prime has the worst search.
0: Is the most janky thing ever. And I think we yeah, complained about it before. So, and they're not yeah, going to so ever respond to it. The search us. is
1: bad. Yeah. And this is really difficult because it's called Your Name. It's, I don't know, it's kind of confusing.
0: Yeah. And every time I Googled it, I couldn't find anything about it. Now I can find it perfectly because I've searched for it so many times.
1: But, but I don't know why we decided to, I don't know what possessed me to watch it. So. <laughs> but I'm happy. I'm happy we watched it.
0: Maybe you read an article. And and that's what I'm assuming. Me too. It's like something you do. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) It was directed by Mikato Shinkai, and it was actually distributed by Toho. I remember. Oh, you remember.
1: I think I remember. All right. I think I saw it as a post on social media of...
0: Oh, okay. I think
1: it. That's how. Okay, sorry. I just had like a moment where it's like, oh, I think that's how I got it. Okay, good. I don't have amnesia. Perfect.
0: (laughs) Okay, good, good. It was released at a anime expo, July third, twenty sixteen, and then later it was released in Japan, August twenty sixth of twenty sixteen, and then it was released in America, and dubbed by Funimation, and April seventh. 2017 and it did gangbusters like i said before it was actually one of the top selling anime movies ever it surpassed spirit away which i was really surprised about it made 25.3 billion yen which that comes to 359 million dollars worldwide that's pretty incredible so Mm -hmm. okay there is a book and it was released a month after, and it sold over a million copies.
1: After the movie came out?
0: Yep, a month after. So it was an oh. ad- adaptation of it. It came out before, I'm sorry, but it was actually okay. written after.
1: So they made the movie first, and then they wrote the book? Yep.
0: And yeah. and we talked about this before, but there is going to be a live-action movie, and the producers J.J. Abrams, so it's a tiny robot production. It's going to be a remake. It's going to be released by Paramount and Tiny Robot. And Toho will handle the distribution in Japan. And here's the unfortunate thing. Mark Webb is assigned to direct the remake. And the film will be about a young Native American woman living in a rural area. And a young man in Chicago who discovers the magically, intermittently swapping bodies part. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be a little bit different. And I don't know. Japan's a little bit older than America, so they do kind of believe more in spirits and magic. So it does kind of match better versus America. I don't know. I don't trust J.J. Abrams either.
1: (laughs) We're we're skeptical of the American adaptation of what's going to happen with that. Yes. Can they pull it off? I mean, it's (laughs) such a good movie as is, so it has high standards. So it's like, oh, is it going to be some botched American Rip off, <laughs> you know, it's gonna miss the point of it or something. I don't
0: know. Yeah, so. are they gonna Americanize it and just make it all kitschy in Hollywood? Yeah, yeah. probably. Yeah. <laughs> so the inspirations were Ronmo One Half. I don't know if you ever watched any of those. Toke by uh, Mano Got Terry <laughs> and a short story called "The Safe Deposit Box." And also, Christopher Nolan's Interstellar, which I guess they're all kind of good. Mikado Shinkai sent the proposal to Toho in 2014, and it was originally called UMA2 Shiri Siba, which means I knew it was a dream. And then sooner or later, it just kind of turned into your name. There's like three other perfect. Names. Now we could actually kind of talk about the storyline, because it is kind of a strange story, to say the least. Mm-hmm.
1: And when I first watched it, I didn't know anything about it. I feel like, like I said, I think I saw it on a post. Like, someone's like, that's great. And so I just watched it. And then I was like, you have to watch this. But I didn't tell you anything about it. There's some twist to it.
0: Yeah. Well, we could kind of just get into the premise. It's, it is kind yeah. of like Ranma one half, And then Ranma whatever hot water got poured on a couple of the main characters, they'd change into an animal or Ron would change into a girl. So it's kind of along that line.
1: I like to explain it as like a Freaky Friday movie. A
0: Freaky Friday (laughs) movie. Yes, that's very true.
1: (laughs) That genre. Yes,
0: a Freaky Friday movie. So Mitsua, so she lives in a very rural, small town. And she's doing this very traditional thing where they make sake Really gross sake, where they take some water and they spit it into rice.
1: They chew up the rice and spit it out.
0: Oh, yeah. They chew it up and they mm-hmm. spit it in there and they let it ferment for a while. And that's like old school. What's sake. an offering
1: to the gods? It's no offering one's to the gods. It's drinking it. Yeah. Well, someone
0: does drink it, but we won't get into that. <laughs>
1: yeah. Not typically. Like they're, they're typical.
0: Yeah. Anyway.
1: Is that a real tradition?
0: Yes. It is a real tradition.
1: Because they're Shinto, right? Like, yes. That's
0: yeah, it's, it's an old Shinto tradition. So, and, you know, she's a teenager. So she's pretty embarrassed that she actually has to do something like that. And afterwards, she screams out this poem. and I can't remember the poem. And then she says, I wish I was a boy that lived in Tokyo. My next life, I was a boy and I lived in Tokyo. And then all of a sudden, she wakes up in Tokyo as a boy. And of course, she thinks it's a dream. And they both think it's this weird dream that they're having. They don't really know exactly what's going on. And it's really funny because Mitsua acts all effeminate and really nice and everything. And he could actually sew and everything. And then the other character, Taki, he acts all butch and carries the grandma on his back. And if someone's talking about her family, she'll kind of just knock some stuff over and get in people's faces about it, which is really funny.
1: It is. It's funny to see like the the kind of like the gender roles they're bringing into each other's lives. <laughs> so, right. and Mitsuo is from the country basically. So when she's in Tokyo, she wants to eat at all the cafes and all these desserts and sweets, and it's so exciting and fun for her. And they figure out a way to communicate with each other. And it's like, stop spending all my money, you know, <laughs> like on sweets. And,
0: <laughs> yeah, and the, with and the her,
1: she's like, learn how to sit in a skirt because he doesn't know being in a girl's body <laughs> yeah. with girl's clothes. And he doesn't know how to be appropriate. Like he forgets. So he's sitting really close with like the guy friend. It comes off as really aggressive for a, a Japanese girl, his behavior. So it is really funny. And they become friends in a weird way.
0: Yeah, through the text, because they don't actually ever get to see each other. They not only know who the, each other are, because they're in each other's bodies. So yeah. Which is kind of trippy. The cool thing about the movie is it's completely out of order, and I don't want to like mess it up or ruin most of it for anybody else. So you always have to kind of figure out which goes where, and they kind of tie it all together, but it's all convoluted
1: yeah through it you you it's that's how it tricks you because there's these different layers to it that are a little more mystical than just like a straight like freaky Friday body swap. so <laughs> there's more dimensions going on um, yeah, to it which and
0: this is exactly the reason why I don't trust JJ Abrams with this movie because I don't think he'd be able to do this right.
1: You don't think he has like the finesse
0: no. Absolutely not. What's
1: he known for? What? I'm, for, I'm forgetting the everything. The newest
0: Star Wars. Oh. And Lost.
1: Well, is it? I never saw Lost. Is that kind of complicated and it's mysterious? It's really
0: complicated, but it never gets explained. There's always this big, huge MacGuffin. And...
1: <laughs> okay. So, yeah. 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 Hmm. <laughs>
0: now I get it. Yeah. Uh-oh. I'll admit, probably the MacGuffin of this Movie is going to be the town that Mitsua is from, but if we say anything else, it's kind of kind of ruin it, right?
1: It does. People should watch it. It's amazing. You cry at the end. So
0: <laughs> yes, it's really cute,
1: and it's kind of suspenseful. It starts a little slow, maybe. So I would say stick with it. But to me, it, it picks up because you're trying to figure out not what's going on in a confusing way, but you're just like, oh, I hope this works out or this is going to... Mm. Yeah. There's information that's kind of like missing and then it comes back together and you're kind of rooting them on to try to figure this stuff out.
0: That's true. And to me, it does kind of feel like a short series because it does have these weird breaks in it too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It could have been a series probably. Yeah,
0: it could have been easily like a six part series or whatever and been fine. But I guess they made the right choice and made it a movie. Mm-hmm.
1: I liked the art because the difference between Tokyo, how it's portrayed with all the buildings and it's busy. And then where she lives, where it's very rural and it's beautiful, like the different seasons that they capture in nature. I thought the art was really nice.
0: Yeah, I like the art, and I do like the the polar opposites of the small town versus Tokyo. You're very right about that.
1: I have a complaint.
0: You have a complaint about it.
1: I didn't like the music. There's like a pop-punk type <laughs> band sound.
0: The pop-punk band. Here we go.
1: So I don't know if you noticed that. I was kind of turned off by that. But maybe that's like what Children like, like the youth of today or whatever 2016 was into. But I felt like, no, I wasn't. It got annoying.
0: (laughs) The music, the singer was Yojiro Nada. And she was the lead vocals for a Japanese rock band called the Rad Wimps. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) She wrote four songs on there. I didn't think it was that bad. To me, it was just pretty typical of the anime.
1: Yeah, it just had kind of like that mall sound. Like It wasn't horrible, but there's a certain point where it's just a little too long, maybe. like I was like, all right.
0: I think when I first saw this movie, I kept on thinking, what am I watching right now? I don't get what's going on. It's so confusing. And then it kind of just all comes together in the back of my head. I was like, oh, yeah, this is really good. I could dig this. This is a lot of fun. It is a semi-romance love story, but it's not like love and lies in any way. It's kind of more like a sappy romance thing.
1: Yeah, it's very romantic and very cute.
0: It's for those hopeless romantics out there. Yes, (laughs)
1: Yes, <laughs> definitely. That's right. You watch it and you're like, oh.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I think everybody does always hope for true love when you're a teenager and even when they are adults. Uh-huh. And this kind of gives you that vibe and that hope for it in a way.
1: Yeah, I think that's a good description.
0: So if you're in it for the action, there is none. So there's a little bit, but, you, a little you have bit, to, but yeah, you have to no. get over it. And they do have a ragtag full of friends, but some of them are pretty supportive in a way. Very like,
1: supportive. Yeah, they
0: are supportive.
1: They are really especially supportive was Yeah, you're mm-hmm. right.
0: They're all supportive, but I'm not they sure are. if they're both of talk them about. have
1: good best friend groups.
0: I do like the whole entire texting up to each other about what they're doing because their only way of communication is to text each other or leave a little diary log on their phone. That's what it is.
1: And it's funny because they won't know, like they wake up and they'll be like, you were weird yesterday. Like their family or friends <laughs> and then they're like, what? Like they have no idea what happened because they weren't in their own bodies. Yeah. So also Mitsua lives with her grandmother and her yeah, little sister. Right. Yeah. And her grandmother is the one who really teaches them the traditional ways of like the Shinto, right? traditions. And, and I guess that's what her mom used to do too. Fine. Oh, and the dad did, but then he like bailed to be a politician.
0: Yeah. After she died, he didn't want to take care of the Shrine anymore because that was just a weird thing to do. I would recommend this for anybody. I think it is a very good movie for anybody to kind of start with. My very first anime was Akira. I mean, anime movie, aside for like Transformers and a lot of the crap. And it melted my face you need a you need to have a break after you watch that I don't know if you've ever seen Pink Floyd the wall what
1: I don't know I don't think i you've saw
0: never it. seen Pink Floyd the wall no oh my goodness is that
1: gonna be one of my our
0: friends and I used to watch that on acid <laughs> uh. I guess that's not a proud thing to say. No, that's
1: fine. (laughs) You're living your 1970s lifestyle. I don't know.
0: (laughs) Yeah, this is what Gen Xers used to do.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the psychedelics has come back recently, so you're ahead of your time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But I do recommend this for anybody because it is a very easy watch. And I'm looking forward to his other movie, Weathering With You, which I am. Fully looking forward to watch which it played over here and we tried to go see it but I can't remember what happened I think we just both were busy or something along that line
1: yeah 2019 until when do you think it was out here?
0: less than a month
1: yeah it's that was why it's probably hard to find
0: yeah but the artwork looks amazing and then he's working on something right now and he's done a couple other things but Definitely your name was The One he got big off of. There's another one called Garden of Woods, which the art looks about the same.
1: So is it all movies?
0: Yeah, it just says film. So he has never done a series just yet. It looks like he's done a couple video games, too, as a director. Oh, and he's done a bunch of commercials. Anyway, check it out, everybody, if you could find it on Amazon Prime.
1: You have to rent it. This does cost like $3.
0: That's the thing that gets my goat. Here we have the Funimation Prime or whatever you want to call it. And you have to buy it from them. You cannot stream it.
1: How much is it on Funimation? It's
0: 24 You have to buy it. You can't rent oh, it. Oh, like
1: buy it, buy it. Yeah. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Even though Funimation should sponsor us. <laughs> no, we're mad at them.
0: I have an episode where I have to actually edit out because we take it all over Funimation. So,
1: well, step your game up. <laughs> I
0: know, right?
1: We're here to challenge you, make you better. <laughs> yeah. We're encouraging you. Right. <laughs> Tough love.
0: So, here they have one of the best movies ever, and people would watch this nonstop and gush all over it, and you can't stream it.
1: If I could watch it for free on Funimation, I would. But I wouldn't trust like <laughs> I wouldn't trust to watch a film on there because sometimes when I watch a 20 minute episode, it freezes like three or four times.
0: Oh, does it? So
1: yeah. Oh so my I- goodness. So Prime is much is better at streaming.
0: But the search engine is the search awful. is garbage.
1: So good luck.
0: <laughs> so we'll have to figure that one out. Come on, you two, Amazon and Funimation, get it together.
1: Step it up and then pay us.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. We're going to be right back.
1: Storygram Network.
0: Hello. Welcome to One Media, One Media. I'm your host, Takeshi, and with me, I have Santos, and we take two pieces of media, and we take a deep dive on them, kind of. We just talk about
1: it. Kind of. Hi, my name is Laura Lee. And this is, it's not about food. So it's not about food and it's not about weight. What is it about?
0: It's the intersection of possibility where what ifs and why nots collide. Some on the cutting edge, others on the cutting room floor. It's a place I like to call the bleed. Hey, podcast fans, I'm Jeff Davis. Through the safety of your earbuds, Bluetooth, speaker, or car stereo, join me as I venture out on the wine road. Aiden offers up practical and helpful tips to help you live a more joyful life. The art of being yay isn't just something he developed on a whim on a lonely Wednesday. Welcome to Swirl, the wine show for people who know nothing about wine. And I know nothing about wine, but I love it. And I feel like wine's for everybody. I also feel like wine is also intimidating.
1: Storygram Network.
0: And we are back and we're going to talk about David Bowie's Black Star, which was released on his birthday, January 8th, 2016. And then, I think about two days later, he passed away, unfortunately. It was recorded at the Magic Shop and Human Worldwide Studios. And it's only 41 minutes. It's a pretty damn good album. I was actually surprised how good it was. I went in not knowing what I was going to think of the album. And because the videos are really, really, really dark... I don't think the videos and the singles really do the album justice.
1: Did you listen to this in 2016?
0: I listened to a little bit of it, but I saw the videos first and I thought in the back of my head, these are really dark and I was kind of scared going in.
1: You know what? I watched one of the videos back when it was first released. Okay. And you're right. And I, so I had like this, oh, and then I was so devastated by his death. So I was like, I don't want to listen to the last album. Like, it just seemed sad. I can't believe that was four years ago. I
0: know. And it was actually, it's pretty trippy because he finished the next day. He found out he has liver cancer. What year? That was released 2013. And then he went right back into the studio, like two days after the release. And because he knew he was going to die and he worked on it till his dying day.
1: And was this the first round of cancer he had or did he was sick before? I don't He was sick
0: before, but he had a heart attack.
1: Okay. And then while he was playing live. Oh, and then he was diagnosed and it was liver cancer. It was liver
0: cancer. Like, so during his reality tour, he had a heart attack. It was really depressing to watch actually, because he came out for an encore. He did heroes and you could tell that he was in pain. And that was the last time he ever played live and did a long set like that. Wow. Yep.
1: And then so then he went right back into the studio.
0: So reality was before the next day. So this one actually sounds very different, too, because he hired a jazz combo. I think it was a quintet to be his backing band. And the theme was to avoid rock and roll. It could not sound like rock The inspirations were Kendrick Lamar's Pimp A Butterfly, Boards of Canada, and Death Grips.
1: I don't know those, so I don't... Really? Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, I could kind of see that. So there is a lot of experimental jazz in here, almost like drum and bass kind of driving beats in it, but it's a live band that is doing it. And it does make sense that it is very anti-rock and roll. I was expecting something a little bit more kind of rocky or kind of looking at the time back, but that's what The Next Day is. kind of touches on some of his past sounds. But this does sound a little familiar to One Outside to me, which was released in the mid-'90s. And then one year later, on his birthday, they released the No Plan EP, and the song no plan is incredible because this is asking where is he now and he's kind of just up in the sky in a way it's really trippy
1: that sounds really neat that sounds very bowie, just it's very plan bowie this all yes. out. yeah
0: i was actually really surprised by this album i don't know if i said that before but it was a lot better than i thought it was gonna be i thought it was just gonna be kind of well it is dark i'm not gonna say it's not dark at all.
1: But it's not as dark as I thought it was going to be. Yes. that makes sense. Like, it's not going to bring you way down or anything. And I was a little worried when it's like, oh, experimental jazz. I'm like, oh, this is this going to be like some noisy, weird album? And it's not. There's like a lot of layering of sound. But to me, it's not sharp. It's like there's a softness to it. It matches his voice. It, it just goes. It's really beautifully put together. I have... The actual CD was a gift. The inside, it's all crazy. It's just like, talk about dark. It's all just black on black. Like the, <laughs> is the lyrics is text are like on a shinier... Yeah, it's just it's a shinier black text. And you have to use like the light to try to read it.
0: It's,
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's really nicely made. And it's really funny and interesting. It's a really nice package of art altogether. But I really liked this album. I was like, ah, oh, it's like a whole bowie album thing where you want to listen to the whole thing
0: yeah you can't just listen to one song and that's one rule with david bowie you can't just listen to a song out of context or anything like that because you're not going to get the whole picture of it and he's been doing that ever since at least space oddity so since the beginning this is his 25th studio album Which is pretty crazy that this is his very last one.
1: Did it do crazy well because it it was like right around his death? It was did he die and then this released as a gift to us?
0: It was released and then two days later he died.
1: Yeah, it was very close though.
0: Yeah, and that was the whole entire thing too, is this was released and I was so depressed that he died that I couldn't even listen to this album really. Because, I mean, if you do listen in closely to the lyrics, it is pretty dark. And his voice does sound like it's kind of going. Yeah, but the critics all loved it. It did really, really good. It also was like the number one most streamed album for at least a week or two. And it sold pretty well. It's funny, like nowadays, if you sell 150,000 copies, you're going to be number one. Back in the day, you'd have to sell at least a couple million that week.
1: Oh, because now people just stream it. People not
0: just stream or pirate, so.
1: Yeah. No, I really liked it. I, I really liked the first song a lot. The beginning music is so perfect.
0: In the villa of Amen, in the villa of Amen, stands a solitary candle. Ah, 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 in the center of it all, in the center of it all. And that song actually kind of breaks out into a couple different parts because it's over nine minutes long, too. At yeah. first, I thought it was two different songs.
1: Same here. Was, <laughs> I really, really <laughs> like it. I love the opening. And then I'll tell you my two other favorite songs. All right. Five.
0: The Girl Loves
1: Me. Mm hmm. Gina so sounds so titty up. This mouth checks. Check, check, Party up moods. Nandy set round on Tuesday. Tuesday bad, dizzy snatch, making all the homies mad. Thursday! pop a blind to the poly in the hole by Friday! Where the fuck did the fun day go?
0: Okay, that's the one of the crazy things about this album. David Bowie's just swearing all over the place. <laughs> Saying whore and...
1: Yeah.
0: All over the place. This is very weird for Bowie.
1: He hired like this jazz. But did he work with those musicians before? Did he bring back any musicians? I think
0: this might be the first time he's worked with them.
1: So he went. Okay. I just thought it was interesting.
0: Okay. So it was co-produced by Tony Visconti. I guess he helped out. And then also Danny McClassen, which he is the saxophonist. So he's the one that did all the solos. And then it was his quintet that he made up. So he didn't work with any of his other musicians or anything like that. To me, it's it's his best work to date of his current stuff. A lot of his other albums are pretty relaxed in a way, especially his later stuff. It's always giving nods to his older music, but it's saying, oh, no, I don't really want to give you what you really want. I want to kind of do my own thing. And that's what was really cool about Bowie.
1: I'll have to listen to that Because I feel like that last song though Song 5 has like a very vintage sound But maybe that's just his voice And then I'll just say I think the last song Sounds like a perfect last song Like it just sounds like an <laughs> ending song To a movie or something So <laughs> it has that feel to it So I just thought Oh it just ended so well And this is going to be our last album I think he should be proud Of what he put together as an exit
0: Yeah, this album is really trippy because it it's a definite swan song. So this is the perfect way to say goodbye to such an incredible artist. And then No Plan it has four different songs on there. Has a different variation of Lazarus, and then No Plan and Killing Little Time, and When I Met You. <laughs> it's really good but it's just like talking about where he is after death oh,
1: okay. which is really um, trippy
0: yeah i would highly recommend this to anybody and i know we always kind of pick stuff that we really like and stuff or i really like and elaine kind of likes or whatever but
1: or i'm learning about you
0: about <laughs> but this one's really good I can't say anything really bad about it. And the thing is, he did release 24 other albums. This definitely is a good kind of bookend to his later stuff. It's a little bit more refined, but still crazy.
1: Yeah, that's a good way of saying it. There's like a refinement to it. I feel like it was very smooth sounding. And then I always feel like when you put saxophones and things and stuff in an experimental way, it reminds me of like music from New York.
0: There's a picture of David Bowie. I think the Eno era albums of him with a saxophone and in the seventies the and eighties, when you were playing a saxophone, you were just a sex machine, like a sexy man. That was the whole entire romantic thing of the sexy sax of this male bachelor guy just playing the sax on top of the rooftop of his in New York and stuff.
1: And it was like the time. Yeah, it was like New York music to me that was like experimenting with combining saxophone in with punk and no wave and all of that.
0: Right. Well, X Ray Specs, right? Mm hmm. There are definitely one of those bands that did that. And the Lost Boys soundtrack, there's a sexy saxophone throughout that whole entire thing.
1: So, uh, this has that. (laughs) It makes it even better.
0: I guess I could talk about sexy saxes all day long. (laughs) There's that one band, uh, Psychedelic Furs.
1: Right?
0: They have a sax player, and that's all he does is play that sexy sax.
1: (laughs) I'm trying to think, like, in the louder, more experimental stuff, I'm trying to think of one of the bands. Um, (laughs) James Chance.
0: James Chance. That sounds familiar.
1: I think that's one of the saxophones. Okay.
0: Yeah, but throughout the 80s, and something in the 90s happened, and it shifted it away.
1: Yeah, (laughs) it's true. Maybe
0: uh, Black Star will kind of bring it back again, make it sexy.
1: (laughs) exactly. Bring the sexy
0: back in the sax.
1: Definitely. And I I just love this album, and I know I'll be listening to it over and over again.
0: Yeah, now I'm on a Bowie kick again. Yeah. And I was watching a bunch of videos on Bowie right before this. So I was like, why don't we just do black star?
1: I'm glad. I'm glad I waited to listen to it. Cause I think my grief his death was too much to listen to it. And I don't know if I, I think I would have just made it feel darker and not have appreciated it as I can appreciate it now.
0: Yeah. No, sometimes you have to wait. Sometimes you have to be a little bit behind the time. So you get to appreciate mm-hmm. it more instead of kind of dwelling on it. Well, especially his death. I mean, it took me what a good year or two for me to get over it.
1: It just felt like the world changed. Oh, yeah! Like something in the atmosphere changed.
0: Right, that's so true. All of a sudden, like what that twenty sixteen was the year of all those really legendary musicians passing away, just yeah. left and right, and it was just one week after another another legendary musician passed passed away i mean we could do a whole entire series on that
1: who died in 2016 <laughs> the, oh albums. yeah
0: yeah the albums mm-hmm. oh my goodness it was just not prince it's another one
1: oh yeah
0: keith emerson uh bernie warrell
1: has, has it just been going downhill since like <laughs> <laughs> it's like, the yeah. world is like blah
0: <laughs> right that year kind of reminded me when Kurt Cobain passed away I mean I was just a teenager but it, there was a lot of repercussions of him passing away in the long run we could go over that next if we ever review a Nirvana album or talk about that yes I'm looking forward to that I've been hooked to watching documentaries on Nirvana <laughs> maybe next one
1: yeah, definitely. Yeah, I yeah. Know.
0: All right, y'all. Well, you check it out. Highly recommend yes. it. It's four years old now, so if you haven't listened to it, do it now. So you could find me on Facebook under Glitch Unicorn, and also on Instagram, too. Glitch Unicorn.
1: And what about your music one?
0: It's Glitch Unicorn. <laughs>
1: but what's the site?
0: What do you mean, the site?
1: Don't you have, like, your music posted on a site? Yeah, like- soundcloud or something
0: yeah it's all glitchy unicorn he's fun oh
1: we'll find him on soundcloud as well on everything and then um i'm on instagram as sister santos all
0: right see you next week